Hey there, hi there, ho there, what is up, all you denizens of podcast land? It is time for your favorite politically incorrect sports podcast. Yes, it is time for Sports Frenzy 2.0. That is a conquistador to my right, Dave Height. And along with the maestro, Kevin Crane. And as always, NFL starts us off. That's right, November the 15th, taping, dropping early November the 16th. Next week, of course, gets interesting and fun with the Thanksgiving games, the new Black Friday game. So the schedule next week will be all over the map when it comes to the NFL. So let's say this is for now the last week of normalcy. Yeah. Still had some buys, but. Yeah. It's going to get nutsy cuckoo, kids. All right. So last Thursday night, we had the Bears doing themselves a great favor. By beating the Panthers 16 to 13, still wasn't pretty, still was didn't just look good. Bad football all around. But percentages showed that the Bears needed to beat the Panthers to improve their odds of getting that number one overall pick. If they had lost, would have shaved off a lot of percentage points in their chances. Yeah. Now, of course, the Cardinals winning this weekend with the return of Kyler Murray helped even more. So now the Bears, the Bears are kind of fading back to mediocrity, leaving the Panthers as our sole hope for the quarterback of our choice. We got to worry about the Patriots now. Got to worry about the Patriots now. Yeah, because things are dysfunctional there. Blow up on the sidelines between coordinator and quarterback. Yeah, and uh, of course I was one of the suckers. Actually, I think I might have been the only sucker. Last week to take the uh, the Patriots on the Sunday morning game over overseas in Frankfurt, and they should have won that goddamn game. They should have won. Mac Jones threw one of the ugliest, most pathetic interceptions when they were driving down to take the lead with just a few minutes left, and then they still got a shot, got the ball back, and they and brought they still blew they, it. Well, they brought in Bailey Zappi, and then he threw an ugly pick. So that's just, that is a messed up situation. Who would have ever thought you would see the Patriots over halfway through the season with two wins? Yeah, that's just an awful, awful team. I think they said that's the worst record for the Patriots at this point in the season in 23 years. Yeah. Which would coincide with a certain quarterback's arrival. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it's. Mm, it's been brutal. Then, of course, our other teams, your Dolphins got a much-needed week of rest, as they said, yeah, at 6-3. Got some help in that the Bills lost again. Yeah, the Bills, man, they are just dysfunctional. Rightly so that Ken Dorsey was fired as offensive coordinator because all season, I don't know what, he was what kind of game plan he was been trying to call when they're running the ball and moving and all of a sudden he decides oh let's just go deep interception incomplete pass the running game this year is their strength and they're not having to rely on allen's legs yeah it was interesting i didn't watch the whole game but i did of course hear the recap and some of the reaction um and James Cook finally, on that last drive, 
ran the ball well, like you're saying. Oh, he took over. You know, got himself. I didn't think the guy was going to end up. Of course, he's on my fantasy team. I didn't think he'd get me five points. And then, of course, he ended up running for over 100 yards because he took over on that last Bills drive. Yeah, because he got stripped early. on the first drive. Yeah, very early. First play. Yeah. Yeah. And he he didn't stand a chance on that. He had the ball locked up, and he had three guys ripping it out of his grasp. There yep. was just nothing he could have done with that. Yeah, so you saw Latavius Murray for a while. Was... Yeah, but then when Cook came in, he's like, give me the damn ball. I'm making up for that. Yep. So maybe now with a new OC, we will see a little bit more of the running game. Although I don't know what Joe Brady is coming in now. Yeah. So we'll see. He wasn't we'll exactly see. lighting the world on fire but with Josh the Panthers. Josh Allen has regressed as a quarterback yeah. this season. Yeah. Just like we were talking about how we didn't think the Patriots would have two wins at this point. I didn't think the Bills would be five and five. Yeah, with Allen leading with a healthy Josh with the, Allen without yeah, without with major the, offensive injuries. Yeah. He's leading the league in interceptions. Yep. By a mile. Mm -hmm. And he's just been brutal with his decision making. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll see if Brady can get things turned around. Ironically, for the Patriots, Brady ain't walking through that no, door. No, <laughs> but he is for the not. Bills. Brady just walked through the door. <laughs> and then, of course, my Buccaneers somehow, somehow, with Todd Bowles, are actually playing okay football as they beat the Titans 20-6, to 4-5, and five, and in that awful, god-awful NFC South, they're only a half game out of first place. Go figure. So much for the great Will Levis. After the four-touchdown debut, I don't think he's thrown one since. He hasn't looked horrendous. No, but he hasn't looked as good. Right. So. Then other games from last week, which, of course, was NFL Week 10. The Vikings continue to roll with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Yep. I'm glad I picked him up to fill in for my fantasy team. As they beat the Saints 27-19. The Jaguar, what what an embarrassing performance. I knew the 49ers coming off that bye week and their losing streak, we picked them to win. Right. But, but wow, you thought you would have thought the Jaguars would have at least put up a fight. Yeah, that that was that was a brutal loss at home. 34 to 3. So you can't have that. All the talk of the 49ers demise was a bit premature. We talked so, about that being premature, that they just hit that mediocre play. They needed the bye week to get themselves right yep. and to get Purdy right because I don't think he was I still think he healthy. was suffering from concussions. Yeah. Uh, concussion symptoms. You know, he he, they rushed him been. back. I'm telling you, when I heard that he was going into the concussion protocol on that Monday and then he was going to be okay to play the game, yeah, I was I'm like, like, no, no way. No, no, no way. That's and way he too did fast. not look good. Nope. And then, of course, the shocking outcome of the weekend. Now, the 49ers beating the Jaguars wasn't shocking. It was just kind of the margin of victory. But the Browns go into Baltimore and knock off the Ravens 33-31. to so, so much for the two great defenses. Yeah, no kidding. Good Lord. <laughs> but, of course, did he, did, did, did breaking news today that will impact the future. 
for the Cleveland Browns. Sometimes yep. karma's a bitch. Yep, Deshaun Watson's season comes to an end. Having surgery to repair his fractured shoulder. Yep, broken bone somewhere and is floating around in his shoulder. So he is done. Now, I guess the good news would be it's confirmation that there was something not right with him. Everybody right. could tell he you was could not tell right. tell he wasn't, yeah. But, of course, the bad news is this is another wasted year when it comes to the massive trade and deal, fully guaranteed deal that they gave him. So now I'm assuming that uh, the Bears cast off, P.J. Walker will take over. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. Because they've got a big game in, in that division, that brutally tough NFC, or AFC North coming up this week. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Other than that, the Lions-Chargers shootout. Um, yep. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, the Chargers just, I don't know what to make of them. I don't know what to make of them. And Brandon Staley does it not. It goes from from one series to another on how they're going to play. One series, they look unstoppable. The next series, they look so damn inept, like they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And again, we talked about it. They have got more than enough talent where they should be a lot, lot better than this. You've got Eckler, you've got Keenan Allen, you've got Khalil Mack, you've got Bosa, you've got Derwin James. There is no excuse for this team being sub 500. But good for the Lions. Yep. Showing some resiliency on the road. Yep, they were able to pull it off. Yep. Now, this was one of the games, along with five others, including the Monday night game, a record six game-winning field goals kicked with no time left on the clock this week. Yeah. Absolutely crazy there you go. how talk, many of those you had. Talk about high drama, kids. You had it this past weekend. And then, of course, on that final game, that Monday night game, talking about the Bills again, came back to bite them in the ass because they would have won that game because Denver's kicker missed the field goal initially. Twelve men on the field. Yep. Twelve men on the field. Inexcusable. Now, I'm not, I have not confirmed this, so I am just going by what I heard. Speculation, innuendo. Again, I didn't stay up and watch the game. Some of us have to work for a while. Um, that they said that the twelfth man might have been Demar Hamlin, because now that he's kind of like third string in the secondary, he's he's pretty much special teams only right now. I that's all. I'm not saying I'm confirming this. I am not saying yeah, it's who true. Knows? But regardless. And even if he it was the twelfth guy to come onto the field, where is the that coaching staff? And that doesn't mean that he was wrong. One of the right. other guys already in the defensive huddle should have maybe was was the guy who was in yeah. the wrong. Whatever it was, it was poor by the coaching staff to have that situation develop. Yep. And of course, going back to the New Orleans Saints, who of course we talked about losing to the Vikings. They're another team on the verge of being a train wreck. Lots of injuries against the Vikings, including Michael Thomas. He's another headache. He's like another Deshaun Watson. The Saints give him a big money deal. 
and he's he either disappears. injured or he's getting in trouble. Get a, he gets arrested this past week with a dispute with a construction crew at his neighbor's house. He's an idiot because he's mad because the the construction workers are parking in front of his house. Boo frickin' who? Deal with it. The guy on the construction crew, I don't know if it was the foreman he's dealing with, yelling at, pulls out his phone to record the, the altercation, and Michael Thomas doesn't like that, so he shoves him. So he gets arrested for battery, and I believe uh, criminal mischief. Yeah. just I think he also threw a rock at one of the, the construction workers' cars and dinged the windshield a little bit. Yeah. Juvenile antics should not be happening. Yeah. Another guy who doesn't even come close to earning the massive contract he got. So this is going to be an abbreviated NFL. I mean, we'll, we'll move on to some other stuff. NFL segment, because that's really all we've got. Because really the shit show from Sunday night with the Raiders beating the Jets. No, that, that just goes that's... back to what we've been saying every week since about the first month of the season wrapped up. This is crap football. There's there is a, a lot, lot of crap, crap football. football. And it's it, even some teams like the Colts, who are, you know, they're floating around 500. Now with the Jaguars losing, they've got a little bit of hope for the playoffs. Yeah. Every time I watch the, the Colts play, they look awful. They look yeah, awful. They've been pathetic. Jonathan Taylor still hasn't had the big breakout game yet. Gardner Minshew is Gardner Minshew. He is proving that he is a career backup. Yeah, he's been given the keys to try again to take a starting role, and he can't do it. And you've got a ton of teams that are at 500 or above, and we'll talk about a couple of them here in a minute, who just look terrible, yet they're, they got a winning record because that's how bad the NFL has been this season, in my opinion. Yeah, this is probably the most awful teams we have seen. Because uh, literally you could rattle off Patriots, um, Giants, the Jets. I don't care what the record says. They're awful. They're a train wreck. Yeah, you I'm just sorry. Mentioned the it. Commanders are a train wreck. Even though they've been playing better, they still can't win. The Bears stink. The Packers stink. Feels good to say that. Yes, yes, it does. I mean, Arizona finally maybe they might have just gotten ship. that bump though from Murray they, coming back and Connor, you know, James Connor came yeah. back. But as you well. know what Kyler Murray is? He's going to have a good game, and then he's going to suck. Then he'll have a good game. Yeah. So. Yeah, but again, the good thing for us is Cardinals win a few more games, and then the the Carolina Panthers lock up that number one slot for our Bears. Yes. So. Ugh. All right, only four professional games here for Week 11 that we're picking because, again, the the slate of games this week is abysmal. It's so bad. I heard somebody running it down and talking about the ridiculous number of point spreads that are over a touchdown. And yeah. for the NFL, that's a significant. That's a lot. Yeah, this isn't college. The NFL, usually these games are within three, four, five points. Yeah, no, and they said there's a ton of games or more. Yeah. Then, yeah, what's the point? But we do have a good one on Thursday night, November the 16th. Bengals, another shocker that we didn't get to talk about this past week. The Texans beating Cincinnati. 
Stroud is looking like the real deal. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And as we've talked about and we've said, I, I my bad for even thinking the Wonderlick was a, a fair and decent judge of how good and how smart a quarterback is. Because I don't care what C.J. Stroud's numbers look like on their aptitude tests. This man the guy can play is, football. Yeah, he is a true football player. So now that we get to the Thursday night game, the Bengals going to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Both these teams with terrible losses last week. So now the Bengals are in last place in the division, although everybody's still above 500 in the AFC North. But now things have gotten a little tighter since the Ravens lost to the Browns. Yep, that's snugged up. I don't see that Ravens team folding like they did against the Browns at home again. I agree. I agree completely. And there's some there's something wrong with the Bengals. Yeah. You want to talk about its inconsistent team, like you were talking about the Chargers from possession to possession. I kind of feel the same, the same way about the Bengals this yeah, year. Yeah, the Bengals can be the same. Yeah. So if it was any other game, I would probably say the Bengals will bounce back. But now they're getting the Ravens at home. A pissed off Ravens At the team. worst possible time coming off a bad divisional loss. Yeah. So we've only got five of our eight panelists with their picks in yet through no fault of our own. Nope. They're just late tonight. So, the Ravens for you, me, the elder statesman in the big blue W, and the Bengals for Doug, the governor. All right, moving on to Sunday, November the 19th. Only two games that we figured were worthy of picking. And, and we, we stick with the AFC North. Yep, a bad Steelers offense playing a good Browns defense. Yeah, and of course, we mentioned Deshaun Watson done. P.J. Walker will probably step in now. But I I have not seen anything out of that Steelers offense to give me any. I know the record. Again, you look at the record of that team. What is Kenny it, a six Pickett and three? Just, uh, he has not He has not progressed. No, not at all. We thought it was going to be Pickett to Pickens. George Pickens is He's going dying. crazy. He's dying because He's he can't get the ball. He's getting wide open. And... He can't get the ball thrown his way. Right. Now they are starting to find something with the one-two punch of now Jalen Warren. Seems like he's eclipsed Najee Harris, but they're still doing a, basically a running back by committee. That seems to be working better. But against this defense? No. No. I think the Browns will figure out a way to win at home, keep their momentum going. Yep. Browns across the board. Two resurgent teams that a month ago – Looked like they were dead and buried. Yeah, like they were going to be on the scrap heap. Joshua Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings go into Denver to Mile High Stadium. I know it's got some stupid name, Invesco, whatever the whatever hell it is. Whatever the hell it is. But Taking on the Broncos who are on a little bit of a winning streak they've here. They've got a little resurgence going. I don't know if it was so much them beating the Bills, but I think it was more the Bills beat themselves in that game well i gotta give credit to the broncos defense they had to have something to do they with it. showed up i will say i still they showed up from they what looked I, better than they have all season from what i saw of that game what i saw of that game russell wilson still looks like hot garbage 
Oh, he looked awful. He was overthrowing receivers, underthrowing receivers. He I got lucky on some of those big plays. I mean, Cortland just, Sutton made an unbelievable catch yeah. that they said was you know one of the greatest catches of the year. Yeah, and uh, that that was on a pass that Wilson was just trying to throw away, and they got a touchdown out of it because Sutton somehow managed to get both feet in and hold on to the ball as it was sailing out of bounds. Wilson wasn't even looking when he threw that ball. And yet the scary thing is I looked at Russell Wilson's numbers today and they look pretty damn good. And, and that's the thing. He doesn't, he doesn't look good on the field, but the stats are lying because the stats look good. Yeah, his receivers are bailing his ass out. <sighs> okay, but that being said, I'm going to go on the island here. <clears throat> I'm going to go on the island. Because I think at home, Sean Payton starting to get his mojo back as a coach. That defense is looking pretty good. And I still don't like the offensive mix for the Vikings. Now, the one thing that scares me is you could get Justin Jefferson back. Yeah, Jefferson is getting close. That will worry me. That will make me regret this pick. Otherwise, what kind of chemistry are Josh Dobbs and Justin Jefferson going to have right off the bat? Yeah, we don't know. But if Jefferson gets open, Dobbs will be able to get him the ball. I like Jordan Addison, great young receiver, but I still hate the running back group. Yeah. Madison, God, I hate his guts. All three of my fantasy teams. <laughs> All three I drafted him. Oh, I got the sleeper pick of the year. Yeah, you yeah. didn't. <laughs> uh. Nope, the Bron the Broncos are going to come back down to earth after that big win in Buffalo. That's why I'm taking the Vikings. See, I think the Vikings need have a, have a their time to come down to earth is now. So I'm on an island. Everybody else, the other four picks that are in, taking the Vikings. That's fine. That's fine. And then Monday night, arguably, I know game of the year for this week. Yeah. <laughs> Monday night, November the 20th, the Philadelphia Eagles go in to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Both coming off buys, both well-rested. Should be a, uh, This should one be I a might stay up for. This one I might stay this up for. This will be an interesting game. <sighs> We've talked about how the Chiefs just don't look right. The Eagles have looked right. Yeah, offensive. Their defense, their defense has actually, actually been playing better. Yeah. I'm anxious to see if the Eagles' offensive line can match Spagnolia's blitzes. That is going to be the key. And coming off the bye, Eagles on the road. All right, well, you and Sam are going with Philly. Bill and I and Doug go with Kansas City. I just think the Eagles are due for a loss is basically what it boils down to. They're due for a loss. I like the way the Chiefs' defense is playing. Both teams are rested. I think that'll help out both. Yeah, Chief, Chiefs are due to go down at home again, though. They are just – there's something that's not clicking there. I agree. I agree. And you've shown – yeah, shut down Kelsey. You've got you can beat them easily. Yep, I just I just think that the Eagles aren't going to go sixteen and one. Well, no, they won't. But this is their revenge game. 
And could we be seeing another? You talk about revenge game. Could this be a preview of a rematch for the Super Bowl? Potentially. Yep, because now the Bills have fallen by the wayside. The Bengals have fallen by the wayside. So right now you're looking at the Dolphins who aren't looking who as sharp. Who can't play a good team. Ravens just coming off a loss. So I think the AFC is turning it's into a, a wide shoot. open. And it's not as strong, even though it's stronger than the NFC, not as strong as we thought it was going to be. Right. All right, kids. Segment one is done. Your NFL talk for this week. Over. And I don't think. Write I- this down. This is the first in how long talking NFL that we haven't had spillage? Well, I, th- I was going to say this is the first segment of the NFL in a long time where I haven't m- muttered an F-bomb, you know? I don't <laughs> think I cursed. I don't think I cursed this entire segment. What, how, this down. how are we going to justify our explicit content label? Ah, fuck it. We'll get it to it later. <laughs> That's the man. <laughs> All right, you know what's up next, of course. College football. Got to talk a little bit about that. And, of course, we've got baseball postseason awards, new managers. And uh, we've got NASCAR, a little bit of a wrap-up for the season. Not much to talk about. But, um, of course, we'll cover a little bit of the NBA, a little bit of college hoops now. Yep. That started up. Oh, yay. Basketball. Whoop-de-friggin-do. <laughs> so, don't go anywhere. we got two more segments, two more spectacular, outstanding segments to come. Dave and I will be right back. Hi, I'm Patrick, not Pat, Mahomes, Super Bowl champion and MVP. And when I'm not trying to keep my wife and brother in line, I'm listening to Sports Frenzy on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. Brittany, come on, stop posting on Twitter. Jackson, will you please get off TikTok? (sighs) Man, it's times like these. I really miss doing stupid, silly State Farm ads with Coach Reed. All right, kids, welcome back. Segment two here, recording November 15th, 2023, dropping Thursday the 16th. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. Along with the conquistador, Dave Height. We're here on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Amazon, Audible, and iHeart Sports Frenzy 2.0, baby. There we go, a little bit of fire, a little bit of life. We've got to start cursing more, got to get more fired up. Dave and I, of course... Just had a great steak dinner, so that's why we're probably a little lethargic. Meat coma. (laughs) But a great, great, great grand gesture from Dave and his wife, Mrs. C. For my birthday, I am humbled and unbelievably appreciative. Glad to do it. And then on top of that, well, we should save it for the weekend edition since it pertains to rock and roll. Our, Our first batch of tickets for 2024 concerts. We'll discuss that on the weekend edition. That would be a teaser. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Not foreskin, foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) 
There we go. Now the the now meat, the meat coma's now wearing it's off. Now wearing off. Now we're getting back. Yeah, we're, we're coming out of the meat coma. All right, college football. That's what football. she said. <laughs> yes, I've been known to put quite a few women in a meat coma. All right, you juvenile. All right. The big news, of course, that dominated. And, of course, we have our two cents on this. Jim Harbaugh suspended three games by the Big Ten in the whole stealing signals fiasco. And just and then then the the BS that they pulled by doing this on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. The whole thing is a joke. Yes, Michigan should be penalized for the egregious way that they were going about doing this. Yeah, yeah, and again... And the systematic way it was being done. I'm sorry. There's no way Harbaugh didn't know this was happening. Yeah, and again, I think last week we talked about the fact that they brought up evidence showing that there was collusion possibly maybe with stealing signals from Purdue and Ohio State and was it Rutgers? But yeah. Really? Is it that as compelling as what they had against Michigan? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Just play it out. The thing that stinks now, they got away with it here this past week against Penn State. And oh my God, they got the win and they're coach filling in in tears this one's for jim <laughs> come on give it up we don't need this crap yeah getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but michigan beat penn state in happy valley 24 15 running 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 the ball the second half running yeah. running running the ball i don't i only think mccartney mccarthy threw a pass no, he Most didn't have to half, because yeah. Penn State couldn't stop him on off or on defense, and their offense looked abysmal. Yeah, so they should be able to get through this week. And then the shame of it is, and I'm sorry, I, I know, like you said, nobody's crying for Jim Harbaugh, nobody's crying for Michigan. But if this taints the big Ohio State game in any way, that's a shame. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen them both play at full strength. But it you is know, what it let is. Let it play out for the season, and when Michigan gets hammered by the NCAA and has to vacate this entire season, there you go. Yep. And then, of course, another coach involved in some controversy, but boy, did it pay off for him. Texas A&M finally pulls the trigger and fires Jimbo Fisher, who's owed a mere scant $76 million. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is – I forgot to bring it. I had it printed out, all the damn coaches who are owed money for being fired. But this contract extension, this is one for our we fucking told you so segment because we said – that is the biggest mistake AM can make because Jimbo Fisher did nothing but go downhill after winning that championship at Florida State. He couldn't recruit and bring anybody in, and they got worse every year. 
And, of course, more head coaching news in the collegiate ranks. I kind of feel bad for Zach Arnett because he had a tough act to follow with the pirate Mike Leach. God that was rest a no-win situation. But Mississippi State was brutal, especially on offense this year. So, unfortunate set of circumstances Yeah, where I think they tried to pass the torch. Um, without going out on a big, you know, Jimbo Fisher-like recruiting trip for a new head coach. Yeah. The the poor guy, as the big blue W would say, he was a victim of circumstance. <laughs> yeah, so it goes to show, you can try to do the right thing and just promote somebody from within, and it can blow up in your face, or you can spend tens of dozens of millions of dollars, and it can blow up in your face. Yep. <laughs> and when you have Texas oil money and the boosters willing to just shell out money for nothing, there you go. Okay, money for nothing, but what about the chicks for free? No, they still pay for them too. <laughs> Especially when it comes to recruiting trips. That's right. <laughs> All right. The one big, big shocker. Gundy Gundy. Gundy did it to us again. We love him. He's one of our favorite, if not with Mike Leach gone, our favorite head coach in the collegiate ranks. But we knew it. It's too good to be true. We knew we it. We knew. We knew. Lane Kiffin does this. Gundy does this. Mike Gundy does this every stinking year. Their teams get to a point just inside the top 10, just outside the top 10, looking good on a win streak, and then they, they just look awful. They lay a mountainous pile of crap. And there's no other way to explain UCF obliterating then number 15 Oklahoma State 45-3. to You talk about a bedlam hangover. That's just bad. Yeah, that's awful. That he, and the thing is, Oklahoma State got off to a slow start. Then they went on their little run. But here you go. Now they're headed for a, a mid-major bowl like they always are. It'll be good enough for him to keep his job. Right. He's never going to be in contention for a national championship. Yep. And then, of course, we look at our local team. Notre Dame was on a bye this week. Still number 20, hanging around in the AP poll. Yeah. Seven and three. Hurricanes, of course, my beloved Hurricanes, just like Gundy Gundied, the Canes caned. Yeah. Although I guess you could say they played Florida State, number four Florida State, very tough, losing 27 to 20, much better outcome than I expected. But again, they switched quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I, don't I don't know what the what hell Mario Cristobal is doing. I just don't. I just don't. I don't. He doesn't know what he's doing. Obviously, they're bowl eligible at six and four. Whip, whoop de doo, yippee skippy. You know, talk about another team going to another mid-major bowl like Oklahoma State. That's the Miami Hurricanes. Those two will probably play each other. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> And the world will implode. <laughs> Looking All back right. at the, the rest of the NCAA Week 11 slate games we might not have covered already. 
Missouri looking pretty good. They're another team, though, that will find a way to stumble at yeah. some point here before the end of the season. But very impressive, very, very impressive win. Number 16 at the time, Missouri yep. beating up number 14, Tennessee, 36-7. to Of course, you and I called this. Yep, that was the one. And then I was, well, Rutgers. How do you get shut out by Iowa? Greg Schiano should be ashamed of himself in that. They don't and have then, the players. They and just don't have the then players there. giving up 22 points. Yeah, that's that's an offensive explosion for Iowa. I mean, come on. No, they haven't scored that much on anybody in over a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Uh, Kirk Ferentz's son sitting there going, where was this when I needed it to keep my yeah, job? No kidding. I still don't think that would have been enough, though. I think he had to have At 25. 20, 24 was his average. He had to average 24 uh, points a game. Okay, I thought he averaged 24. He needed 25 to keep his job is what I thought. Oh, I thought he had to average 24. Either way. Either way, they just suck. Yep. Well, we get embarrassed once in a while with our picks, and across the board loss as Cincinnati goes into Houston and beats Houston 24 to 14. Where was this fire out of Cincinnati all season? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And then love the fact that Auburn showed up. I told you I did not trust Arkansas because of that seven to three debacle with Mississippi state, who we just talked about. And I knew there was no way in hell I was picking Arkansas ever again this year. But frickin' A, they only score 10 points and give up 48 at home. Embarrassing. Yep. God. So that'll do it for your recap. But let's look ahead to this weekend. We got a lot of, of decent college football games as opposed to the pro slate. Um couple really, really good humdingers. Still haven't got to – next week I think we're going to get a lot of those classic rivalry matchups. We'll get the yeah, we should the get Michigan-Ohio some... State game yeah, will be on there. There's going to be some doozies. All right, so Friday night, November the 17th, Colorado, Deion Sanders trying to get Colorado Bowl eligible, going into play one of the Pac-2. Yep. <laughs> Which, of course, we should talk about real quick. Right. A judge has ruled in favor of Washington State and Oregon State for control of the Pac-12 board because by the bylaws, any school leaving loses any say on the board. All the schools who have abandoned ship do not get any say. So full control of the Pac-12-2 <laughs> remain with Oregon State and Washington State. Good for them. They should get it. The hell with everybody else. All they what. were going to do was just drain all the money out to take to their new conferences, which is just wrong on every level. Yep. Yep. And and the thing is, you got to look at these two teams now for next year. When have you ever heard of a team having a 50-50 chance of winning their division? (laughs) But, of course, going back to the game, the first game on our slate for this week, Colorado going into play Washington State. 
I think Deion Sanders, they played a lot of close games here recently, showing a little more heart, yes, a little more fire. I think the motivation to get to a bowl game is still there. And I don't – Washington State has not played well the last month. No, no, they have They not. came out of the gates really good, really, really well. They came out on fire, but they have not played well. Colorado has been in just about every game. Yep, yep. So you and I and Doug go with Colorado, Washington State for Sam and Bill, five of our eight panelists with their picks in. Then we move on to Saturday, November the 18th, Purdue at Northwestern. Yeah, this is going to be a barn burner. (laughs) Northwestern across the board. And that despite the fact that when we set up these picks, Purdue was favored by a point and a half. Yeah. Nobody taking the favorite. We are taking the favorite in this one. SMU at Memphis now. The point spread is eight and a half, but both these teams have very, very, very good records. I believe both with two losses each. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is going to be a really good game. But somehow the but, point spread says SMU on the road should handle it easily. So I guess we're all buying I in. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't looking at the spread. I was looking at other numbers, and SMU just looked Which is like what the more impressive team. look at the spread, yeah. So everybody's taking SMU of the five picks in. Number 22, North Carolina at Clemson. Of course, Clemson coming off big-time victory over Notre Dame. Dabo Swinney, of course, yelling at people yep, on we're radio not done. shows. We're not done. Trying to justify his contract. I think that momentum is still going to be there. I think it's still going to carry forward. At home, I like Clemson. North Carolina's inconsistent. Yeah. Yep, so you, me, and Sam for Clemson. Bill and Doug take the Tar Heels. UCLA at USC. Again, two teams underperforming. Yeah, this this is kind of a must win for USC to salvage anything out of this season. This is this is a rivalry yep. game that they have to have. And of course, these two teams going to the Big Ten next year. USC for everybody but Doug. Yep. Doug taking the Bruins. North Carolina State, Dave's favorite team. God, they're frustrating. When, except for when they played Miami. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and of course, now I'm going to be on Wolfpack Island out of the five of us so far. Wolfpack go to Virginia Tech. Now, of course, your logic, I appreciate it. You said that you think Virginia Tech's winning streak is bound to come to an end. I can understand that. If if it was at NC State, I might feel differently. But I just I think Vatek right now is a better team. Yeah, we'll see. You're, I gotta I gotta try and pick up a game somewhere, right? Yep, you're on the island. Everybody else, me, Sam, Bill, and Doug, take Vatek. Now I'm on an island for the next game. <laughs> The running Rebs, are they still the running Rebs, or is that politically incorrect? I think they still can be the running Rebs. It's still short for Rebels. It doesn't matter who the Rebels are. You rebel against everything, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, of course, since we're politically incorrect, we don't really give two shits. Right. So if I want to call them the running Rebs, I'll call them the goddamn running Rebs. I'll call the Redskins the Redskins. 
I'll call the Cleveland Guardians, the Cleveland fucking Indians. I don't care. That being said, UNLV at Air Force. Air Force was ranked just about three weeks ago and hit the skids. Yep, and they're bound to come back at home. They're going to fly like eagles right into the propeller of a jumbo jet airliner because UNLV is going to win this game, baby. All right, just because you're on UNLV Island, there you go. Yep, Dave, Sam, Bill, and Doug with Air Force. UCF coming off that big, huge win against Oklahoma State, playing Texas Tech. This is the classic earmarks of a letdown game for UCF. Classic earmarks. Tech has, they're due for a downer. UCF resurgence. Well, you and Doug like UCF to stay, stay the course and continue the momentum. Yeah, Texas Tech has screwed me already this year when I picked them, so. Well, me and Sam and Bill will go with Texas Tech one more time. Number 23, Kansas State at Kansas. This is about the time of year. Maybe maybe it's been a little bit later than normal, but this is when Kansas fades. Yep, and Kansas has kind of been riding that roller coaster. They've been looking rickety. Yep. Kansas State across the board. Boise State at Utah State. Now, Dave... Is on an island. I'm on an island with Utah State. Normally, I like Boise State. And I'll be the first to admit, they have not been all that impressive this year. No, they have not. And I think I read that they just fired their head coach. Yeah, see, I'm not sure about that. Maybe it was a coordinator, but I don't doubt you. I just don't remember seeing any headlines. It wasn't a big, big headline. I will but see. Dave's taking Utah State, Boise State for me, Sam, Bill, and Doug. And again, only five of the eight panelists with their picks in. If you want to check out all eight panelists' picks Thursday night, they will be posted on our Facebook page. While Dave's looking to confirm. I'm waiting for the internet to play <laughs> catch up here. The biggest game of the week. Yep, Greg Graham was fired Friday. Oh, wait, no. What? No, that's not. No, no, no. That's not the (laughs) one. Number five, Washington. Yeah, anyway. Going to play at Oregon State, number 10. So both of the Pac-2 are featured this week. (laughs) Um, Impressive that Oregon State has been able to, for the most part, sustain momentum. both of the Pac-2 started off the season on fire. Yep. Washington State hit a major roadblock. Oregon State had a little blip, but that was it. Yeah, they've been they've been running pretty good, but Washington is just playing so well. I agree. I like I like the way Washington's playing. Might not have the strongest defense in the world, but a very efficient, very good offense. Yes. So everybody taking Washington except Bill's going with Oregon State. Yep, he likes the Beavers. <laughs> Speaking of Beavers, we're moving on to the Cox. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Kentucky at South Carolina. I like the way the Cox are playing, especially at home. Kentucky, I don't trust that much. Yeah, Kentucky. <sighs> I shouldn't really say I like the way the Cox are playing. Both these teams are kind of like really 
barely hanging on right now. Yeah. Um, the but co- the home, Cox will be hard to beat at home. Yep. The Cox for you and me and Bill. Cox for Bill will go well with his beavers. Yep. Sam and Doug take Kentucky. I want to jump back for a second to Washington. I don't want to gloss over this while it's it's forefront in my frontal lobe. Now, we know right now the top four teams, because, again, this is the last year four teams make right. the playoffs before it expands. Right now it's Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida State. I think it will be an absolute shame if Washington goes undefeated and doesn't get in there. Because yeah. I'm hearing if people you have say, a one loss Ohio State or Michigan that both of them still make it. No bullshit. You, I'm so tired of having two teams from the same conference get in with one of them having a loss, losing to the other undefeated. That is a cop out. It's bullshit. We've seen it. We don't want to see it again. And far be it for me to be the the party pooper, pooping on the party. But not only could you see that scenario with Michigan, Ohio State, but if Alabama were to beat Georgia in the SEC championship, oh god, then you really got a clusterfuck. Because then they might knock Florida State out, even if they're undefeated, and then you'll have two SEC and two Big Ten teams. Yeah, but can you put a two-loss Alabama team in? Jumping undefeateds. Do they have two? I'll have to double check here. I don't think they have two. Is it just one? Yeah. Mm. But that would that would really that would gum up the my works. Ass. That would really gum up the works. Because I'm telling you, everything I'm reading right now, they are dying to move Florida State out of the top four. They don't think they're good enough. They don't think they'll be able to hang with the other three. And I, But I think Washington can. I really think Washington can play with the big boys. Why am I at that one? That's not what I wanted. Dave, once again, struggling with technology. Nebraska at Wisconsin. Nope, Bama's 9-1. Damn. See? See? Damn. Texas has only got one loss, too, I think. Yeah. So they're they're still in play as well. Oregon at 9-1. Yep. So. But I don't think Oregon can, well... If Washington stays undefeated. Right, they can't. Because Washington beat Oregon. Right. But I don't know. Uh, the way that the way this committee works, this, this, this is why I pay they, attention. They want the Big Ten and the SEC. It's a bunch of crap. These guys have no fucking clue what they're doing, which is why you have to go to 12 teams. And they'll still screw it up somehow. Yep. This is why I never acknowledge their poll. I always go with the AP numbers. Because the CFP poll, I, I could give two rip shits about. I'd rather go with the writers, the AP. All right, Nebraska at Wisconsin. Now, I'll tell you something about this game. <laughs> that it's a crap fest? Well, number one, going back to, I know you were trying to find info on Bo- uh, Boise State to see if they're coaching. I still think that game, that is a close, close game. Boise favored at the time we set up the slate by three and a half, I could see this being like a one-point game, really. 
because I think I think Boise State is not as good, obviously, as they have been in years past. Utah State at home. I just wanted to tell you, despite the internet problems and not being to verify <laughs> the Boise State coach thing, I still think you're not crazy for going with Utah no. State. No, I, I they've had better numbers. Now tying that back into this Nebraska Wisconsin game. Right now, all five of us are taking Wisconsin. And I don't know why. The point spread is five and a half in favor of Wisconsin. I, I don't see this. I don't see a five and a half point spread on this. I, I again, think this is going to be like Boise State and Utah State. I think it's going to be a field goal or less. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't have any confidence. I wouldn't have any confidence if I would have picked Nebraska either. Yeah, Matt Rule hasn't done a terrible job with Nebraska this year. No. He's done okay. Wisconsin is not the Wisconsin we've known in the past that has been able to play up with Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, they suck right yes. now. Yep. But we're all taking Wisconsin. I think that point spread is just kind of scared us Yeah, into I didn't it. even look at the point right, spread. Right. I was looking at other numbers and right. trends. Yeah. Then the final college game we're picking, a very good one, two ranked teams. Number 16, Utah. At number 19, Arizona, of course, a few weeks back, Dave and I told you, we fucking told you so, <laughs> that Arizona was going to take care of business against UCLA. Now, can they take care of business at home against a Utah team that does not have their the starting quarterback they were supposed to have, Cam Rising, out for the year? They have played well, obviously, they're ranked yeah. 16th, but... They were expected to be better. They were expected to be up there with Washington and Oregon yeah. challenging for the Pac-12 crown. And now they're kind of in that second tier. They're they're middling along. Yep. That being said, as nice of a story as Arizona has been here recently. They're Arizona. Yeah. I'm taking the Utes. The Utes for me and for Bill and for Doug. Sam is on Arizona Island. Yeah, but again, three more picks for all these games still to come. Yep. And again, check out the Facebook page Thursday night, and you'll get them all. All right, kids. Segment two, Oba, done, finito. But we still got one more left. we got to talk baseball, NASCAR, a little bit of hockey, a little bit of college, and pro hoops. Don't have a lot of dumbasses this week. Don't have a lot of moments of silence. So we'll no, have plenty of time. No, but it's a pretty big to... moment of silence in the baseball world. Yep. So we'll be able to get all, all of it done and in, in 30 minutes or less. One final segment left here, taping November the 15th. Dave and I, once again, after a quick promo, we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Kyrie Irving, NBA superstar of the Cleveland Cavaliers, I mean the Boston Celtics, whoops, Brooklyn Nets, damn, Dallas Mavericks, and while I may leave a trail of wreckage wherever I go, I still like to spend my off time listening to Sports Frenzy on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. And if you don't like it, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Hell, nothing's ever my fault. Kyrie is never 
ever wrong, people. All right, everybody, final segment of your favorite politically incorrect sports podcast. But first, before we move on to baseball. I found it. Redemption. Sunday, November 12th, Boise State fires their football coach, Andy Avalos, sitting at 5-5, five and five, endanger the program's first losing season since 1997. So there you go. I knew I wasn't crazy. And don't accuse us of not doing our proper research, okay? Because sometimes we go off on tangents on things that we did not plan on discussing in a lot of detail or depth. We work for a living. So, does that make me regret my Boise pick a little bit, maybe? That's odd, though, that the point spread would still be three and a half after they fire their head coach. I know. I don't get it. All right, moving on to baseball. It's award season. We'll cover the first part of the awards, most of them except for MVP. That'll be coming next week on Sports Frenzy. But for now, we have Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, and Managers of the Year. And then we will get into a couple new managers. Hey, I have to say, one positive thing this year for the White Sox. Luis Robert earned his first Silver Slugger Award. And Cody Bellinger got one with the Cubs to go with the three gold gloves, so that's cool. There you go. So a little bit of good news for both teams that we root for. And the Sox still suck because they let their TV announcer, Mr. Jason Benetti, bolt to call games for Detroit. Cheap bastards. Rumblings are that Reinsdorf didn't like the way Benetti called the games dysfunction everywhere now Sox fans have no reason to tune into tv i don't know what i don't know what hack they're gonna come bring in to work with stoney what was your watch gonna try to find a tv station for yeah i have no idea (laughs) siri's a little nuts now siri are you nuts Hmm. i don't have an answer for that Is there something else I can help with? No. (laughs) Of course, the bad side of the Cody Bellinger situation is that he, of course, and you knew this was coming, he rejects the Cubs' qualifying offer. So not unexpected. Right. All right, for the awards, double unanimous rookies of the year, Corbin Carroll, Arizona, right fielder, Gunnar Henderson, Baltimore shortstop. Yeah, those were kind of no-brainers, the seasons that they had. Speaking of no-brainers, the National League Cy Young Award winner is Blake Snell. You'll remember him for his famous, (laughs) I don't need no Rona speech (laughs) around the time of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, but you can't argue with the fact that now he is a Cy Young Award winner in both leagues. Yep. And he is, of course, a free agent. Bound to be the next pitcher to get vastly overpaid. Yep, probably either with New York, with either New York team. 
I haven't heard his name linked to either New York team. That's the thing. The problem it's with the, early. The problem with the Yankees is they spent all that money last year on Rodon. Which they're stuck with. <laughs> I think that the uh, the Mets are actually looking overseas. Yeah, they, they had, probably are. They had them. a lot of success last year with Kodai Senga, so they might dip into that well again. And then on the American League side, shocking to me. I mean, I should know this, but. Garrett Cole wins his very first Cy Young Award. Now, to me, it's ridiculous that Blake Snell's got two and Garrett Cole's only got one. But it's the way it is, kids. Yep. It's the way it is, baby. And then finally, now I got a little bit of an issue here. I got a little bit of an issue with the managers, at least the one. Now, on the AL side, I'm okay. Brandon Hyde for Baltimore. 100 win season. I absolutely deserve that. I'm good with that. I guess I wouldn't have freaked out if if Bochi had won it, but Bochi choked away. Even though he won the big prize, he won the title. He choked the division away. And I think that's what cost him a shot at this. But on the, the NL side, are you fucking kidding me? Skip Schumacher in his first year with the Miami Marlins? That's a. No, 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 sorry, no. Where, where the hell's Tori no. Lavello of, of Arizona? Yeah, that's the guy who should have won it. I mean, I know they're not going to give it to Snitker in, in Atlanta because he's got so many great players, and he gets penalized for that, just like Dave Roberts gets penalized in L.A. But, of course, but Dave, Dave Roberts is a crap manager anyway. Yes, and Craig Council, same thing. It's... He's always he's always there. He's always around with the Brewers. But they Arizona never... and Baltimore were not expected to do anything at all this year. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't like the Skip Schumacher winning manager no. of the year in the National League. No, don't Lavolo, like it at Lavolo all. Lavolo should have won it. Um, new managers. Promoting from within for both the Brewers and the Astros. Interesting with the Brewers. Very, very interesting. <laughs> they let a uh, Notre Dame, former Notre Dame player, go. And who do they promote to take over? Hmm. Who would that be? Wouldn't that be a former Notre Dame baseball coach? Yes, I Mr. think it Pat would. Mr. Pat Murphy? Yeah. So very interesting there. Of course, it makes sense if you look at it. Council brought him in right. from so their history with the Irish. Yeah. So Pat Murphy finally gets his shot. And then a guy who's been kind of waiting around for a while as well with the Astros, Joe Espada. Who should be the manager of the White Sox right now instead of Pedro fucking Grafal? Yeah, a lot of teams were kind of testing the waters mm-hmm. over the last few years with Espada. So... It just happened to work out for the Astros that he's still there and they yep. were able to promote from, from within. Now, got to got to give you kids this one. This this makes me laugh. The normally milk toast and lucky is all hell to still have a job. Brian Cashman, general <laughs> manager of the New York Yankees. Talking oh about God. talking about Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> I love this. It's showing a little fire, a little, this is little personality. Saying that... that Watch asked, out for free agents and signing big deals. 
when you have a player like Stanton who's oft injured? Yes. So that comes up in an, in an interview, and uh, he says, well, of course I can't. I'm paraphrasing most of this. I can't guarantee he's going to play because it, it just – this part is, is a quote. It just seems to be part of his game, quote, unquote, to be hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Stanton's agent was butthurt. Oh, and said, I guess you got to be really careful and watch your back with this organization, even in the offseason. Yeah, well, guess what? Maybe if Stanton wasn't an injury-plagued China doll, and if he would have put up his average numbers this year instead of regressing like he did. Yeah, you want to talk about a team that has spent a lot of bad money both new york teams yes they have, have spent a lot of bad bad money and they're stuck with all of it because they're all long-term deals yankees we mentioned rodan now you got stanton still for a few more years then you got Lemayhu. you've got rizzo i mean they don't have a Is lot judge of good young going, talent they gave that huge deal to judge last year yeah you wonder at what point when he's going to regress. Yeah. Garrett Cole's basically the only decent signing that's been performing consistently. Yeah, and he's had to reinvent the way he pitches once he wasn't allowed to use the sticky stuff. The spider tack, yeah. All right, kids, there you go. That is your baseball rundown for the week. NASCAR, of course, has wrapped up their season. But there's a couple little tidbits and notes to to address. TV ratings for the Cup Series down 5% in 2023, averaging 2.86 million per race, the least watched Cup season ever. Yeah, I didn't even watch any of the championship race. I believe they said the previous low was $3 million per race. There you go. But the one reason I didn't tune in at all, it was a beautiful day, and I had a crap ton of yard work to finish up. We had leaf pickup, so had to get that done. That was a priority. See, he's Mr. Responsible. <laughs> I'm the guy that cracks a beer and goes, eh, it'll keep till next week. <laughs> You got a small yard. I don't. <laughs> All right. Kevin Harvick, we know, has retired from the Cup Series. Says he might occasionally run possibly an Xfinity race or a truck race. Yep. But that's not the big news of the week. <laughs> no, sweet Lord, baby Jesus. <laughs> yes. The Harvicks have purchased the mansion where Ricky Bobby lived. In Talladega Nights. <laughs> From what I could tell, they got a pretty good deal. I think yeah, it was listed did. at $9 million, and They got it for $6.75 million. Yeah. I know. Well, the rest of us are Ooh. going, oh, Jesus God. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But, but very fun, very fun <laughs> little fact. Yep. And then I do believe in other racing news, I believe, is it this weekend we get the Las Vegas Grand Prix? Yeah, the crap that they're pulling. Starting this race at 10 p.m. Vegas time, pandering to the European audience. You wanted to get 
American fans excited about this race and you screw over the entire American fan base starting at 10 p.m. Vegas time. That's one in the morning on the East Coast. Nobody's staying up for this crap. Not only the inflated ticket prices early on, those have nosedived. Then the stupidity of F1 thinking, oh, it's Vegas in the desert. It's going to be one of the hottest races of the year. No, it's Vegas in the United States in November where it gets cold at night. This isn't Bahrain. Idiots. Absolute morons. Well, why would F1 be any different than the NFL or baseball or basketball trying to keep expanding the overseas market and screw over the American audience? Yeah. Why, want, why be any you different? You want to bring F1 to America, then you make it watchable for the American fan base. Right. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, basketball. A little bit of news on the NBA front and some interesting news tidbits as the college basketball season started off. Now, of course, my Orlando Magic are a mediocre 5-5, five and five, playing the Bulls tonight as we are taping. Oh, and they're 0-1, 0-1 in the in-season tournament standings. Does anybody really the, care about the NBA group. Cup? I'm telling you, man. Why is it that you and I perceive the NBA so much differently than everybody else? They're saying the next TV contract is going to be unbelievably ridiculous, where we thought a few years ago they were suffering and they were going to have to cut their prices in order to keep their broadcast partners. I don't get it. I don't know anybody who watches the NBA. No, I don't either. I don't. I, I And anybody that I know who watches the NBA, I have no respect for. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't know anybody who watches it. Except for maybe to maybe tune in if they're flipping channels. But I don't know anybody who watches game in, game out. No. Like they used to. No. Maybe when it gets to the finals. Maybe. Speaking uh. of the finals and last year's champion, the Denver Nuggets, Michael Malone. Gets a much-deserved extension terms, as of now, not disclosed. But you got to figure he's up there now with Monty Williams. Boy, wasn't that looking like a really good contract. Pistons still suck ass. Yes, yes, they so, do. So, guess what? The players got to want to play. They got to want to learn. They got to they gotta want to be coached. Yeah, if not, then it doesn't matter who you bring in. They're not going to listen. Right. And hey, how about we give it up for Draymond Green? <laughs> Dirtiest player in the NBA gets a five-game ban. Didn't he put somebody in a headlock? Yeah. For the fight where, God, who was it from? Was it from the Bucks that he choked from behind as yeah. the fight ensued? I don't know if it was the Bucks, but yeah. Nope, it was the Timberwolves. Sorry. There you go. Yeah, it was Timberwolves. Yep. Which app do you want yeah. to listen to this on? <laughs> uh, Did we tell you that we had a third person recording with yeah. us this week? 
Yeah, suspended for forcibly grabbing Rudy Gobert around the neck. Yep. In an unsportsman and like and dangerous manner. Yeah, he had him in a chokehold from behind, pulling him backwards because Green is shorter than Gobert, and he was literally hanging off of him. Yep. Ridiculous. The guy is a nightmare. Yet he keeps getting Golden State to extend him and give him new contracts. Dirty, dirty player. All right, moving on to the uh, college season, which tipped off here recently. Already having some big-name teams getting knocked off. Number two, Duke. A couple days ago, loses to number 12, Arizona. Of course, my Miami Hurricanes, who play basketball a hell of a lot better than football right now, are 3-0, number 12 in the AP poll. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame are 1-1 after a loss to Western Carolina. Yeah, this is a major rebuild. Yeah, wow, you do not lose to Western Carolina. No, No, you do not. And let's face it. There is nobody in college basketball that's being hyped as a legitimate first round pick. There's nobody being well, not that, about. not that we, but we don't follow it like we used to. No, but still, normally you hear names coming in, even as a casual observer. You know the big names there. There's nobody. Well, being we talked we talked about. a couple weeks ago about the kid who's coming into Duke. And they're already saying he's going to be a one-and-done, and he'll be the top draft pick in 2025. Yeah, but for this coming year, there's no rumblings at this point. By the way, I do want to give props to Chet Holmgren because I gave I gave him such a hard time last year talking about how I was so glad we took Paulo Banchero instead of him. And then, of course, he got injured and missed the first. He's actually playing really well now. And well, he's, he's finally healthy. He he had the off season working through the injury, rehabbing, put on a little bit of weight and muscle. And he's got like a nasty looking goatee now, making yeah, him look yeah. <laughs> a, a bit tougher. But yeah, Oklahoma City's not looking too bad right now. No, yep, there you go. All right, I have a couple badasses, and then we'll hit hockey. But one of my badasses is tied into college basketball. I want to call out as a badass this week, James Madison University. James Madison University is in the top 25 in men's basketball and football, despite the fact they just joined, at least in football, the FBS last year. Now, the bullshit part of this is that the NCAA will not grant them a waiver because there is some rule. You have to be two years before you can qualify for a bowl game when you move from a lower division. What kind of horseshit is that? What? How does that rule make any sense? How does Maybe that rule make any sense? back in the day when there wasn't as much competition. Yeah, but, they're, but coming, my God. they're coming from a lower division. Yeah, and they're kicking ass. Yeah, I don't get and it. And the NCAA, as we have seen, 
are idiots. They have no freaking clue what they're doing. We've seen it with the transfers, where we'll let so-and-so transfer five times, but we won't let this person transfer three times. What the hell are you doing? Arbitrary decision-making, which is why you're falling apart and nobody trusts you. And then my other badass of the week, couldn't have said it better myself, by the way, going back to college football, LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, who might end up being kind of like the C.J. Stroud of the next draft in that he gets overlooked for Caleb Williams and the kid from North Carolina and Penix from Washington. Well, LSU's Jaden Daniels this past week versus the Florida Gators did something no other quarterback in Division I has ever done. Number one, 606 total yards and five TDs was his stat line. But what he did that no FBS quarterback has ever done, 350 passing yards and 200 rushing yards in a game. That's impressive as hell. So there are your badasses of the week. Now let's take it to the ice, Dave. How are your Blackhawks doing? Shit. They're not doing that <laughs> no, bad. No, they're not horrible. They're still not good. Five They've and eight. They've been playing. They're five and eight. They're still at the bottom of their division. Connor Bedard's playing well. Bedard is playing well. Like I said, he is going to be the bright spot. And he's averaging almost a point a game. And he's starting to find the net with goals a little more often. So. There is hope, but they still have to put other players around him. And then uh, the Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers, very early in the season, but they have fired their coach, Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, they got off to a 4-9-1 uh, and one start right now, not looking too good. With, with the talent that they have, they should not be that bad. Now, a follow-up hockey story, and I feel like in our old days, in our <clears throat> original incarnation on public access television, this would have qualified under our Frenzy 5.0 banner. Yeah. We talked about a few weeks ago the tragic death of Adam Johnson, who played briefly in the NHL, playing overseas in the UK, by all accounts, accidentally sliced in the neck by an opponent's skate. And, of course, he died. But now they're saying there has been an arrest? They arrested the skater on manslaughter. I have seen the video. This was not an unfortunate accident. Oh, I got to check out this video then. This skater for the other team kicked his leg up in two. So this isn't BS. This is actually legit. Now, I haven't not seen the video. I tend to stay away from this type of stuff, like the, yeah. the gruesome no, knee this, injuries. This is something you would think, and, oh, if they got together and the leg came up. No, they're skating. The guy turned and brought his leg up. Wow. I will be very arrested on suspicion of manslaughter charges. I will be very interested to see how this plays out. 
very Me interested. Too. I was hesitant when people were calling for an arrest on manslaughter. I'm like, eh, until I saw the video. There you go, kids. You be the judge. Check it out. Go out and look. It's gruesome. It's ugly. I cannot find it as an unfortunate accident. All right. Let's move on to moments of silence. Of course, a few weeks ago, we did this for Adam Johnson. But now, as Dave alluded to earlier in this episode, we have a very big passing in Major League Baseball. Yep. Padres owner Peter Seidler has passed away at 63. He's just coming off of an undisclosed surgery. He's not looked healthy at all this year. So I don't know. They haven't said what he passed from, but thoughts and prayers go out to his family, friends, and the organization. And I hope, I hope that somebody in the family doesn't, I hope they, they keep it in the family. Yeah. I hope they keep the ownership in the family in That's San Diego. one of the better ownership groups who are trying to do right. And that's the only, the only sports franchise, professional sports franchise left in San Diego. Yeah. I think it would be mind boggling to not have a professional sports team in San Diego where you get like 47 in Los Angeles. Yeah. And keep things out of LA. All right. I have one dumbass this week. So unfortunately, no. Dumbass or not for you, my friend. But again, it's just like every week with this idiot. Every week. Yes, I'm talking about LeBron James. He once again finds a new and exciting way to qualify for the Red Foreman Dumbass of the Week. You know what's happening on November the 25th, Dave? What? It's not Thanksgiving. Now I know. Now what's the... Well, we, we got to plan a road trip to Akron, Ohio, because the LeBron James Museum is opening on you know, November the 25th. This is one more point in my son Nick's favor. Nobody goes to Ohio on purpose. Why <laughs> do we even have Ohio? <laughs> $23. Oh, hell no. To get into the LeBron James Museum to see, of course, a replica of his high school gym where he played and a replica of, I believe, his first apartment. Nobody cares. Absolute stupidity. The ego on this guy. And then, of course, he's got to post on social media with all his little emojis and everything, his hearts and, and, you know. I don't know what's worse, this or what we talked about here recently with the Lakers filing the protest God, because they didn't call enough fouls for LeBron against the Heat. Yeah, whatever. Go away. Bye-bye. But not you, dear listeners. No, because it's time to wrap things up and discuss the weekend edition coming up here in a couple days. The weekend edition, of course, will hit Here on the 18th, your hangover cure. We'll be discussing new music from Jimmy Buffett, the Beatles, 
McMars, Green Day. We will also wrap up the four-season run for Doom Patrol. And a very interesting movie recently debuting on Netflix by the great David Fincher, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, directors, and starring the great actor Michael Fassbender, The Killer. Oh, we'll, kids. We'll have a review You're of that in for, for a doozy on this one. Yep, and of course, we'll have the requisite moments of silence, dumbasses of the week, headlines, deadlines, all that good stuff. So do not miss your Saturday morning hangover cure with your Uncle Dave and your Uncle Kev. Check out the Facebook page. So drop us a line. Suggestions are always welcome. Mostly disregarded if they're dumb, but always welcome. That's right. And of course, we'll be back here in seven days with more sports talk for you. Holiday might jumble some things up. We've got a concert. We've got Thanksgiving. So we'll see how it Who plays out. Who knows what will happen. There'll be some semblance of information coming your oh, way. Oh, there'll be some. We'll do football picks, of course. As we talked about at the top of the episode, it'll be a jumbled mess, but it will work. We will make the mess work. So, have a great next few days and join us again for the weekend edition. If it's not your thing, then we'll see you in seven. We'll be back. Hopefully you will as well. For Dave, I am Kev. We will talk to you next week.